Listening to the Ron and Don Show. Please hit subscribe. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 473 now of the Ron and Don Show. And oh, yeah, we are live from Lola Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up in the Ron and Don Show, uh, Ron read an article that maybe now is the best time to buy an ugly house. Also, I want to compare buyers out there to something that I used to do. Remember those old stand up jet skis that you still see people ride around once in a while? If you've never tried to ride one, I had a 650SX. They're not easy to ride, and there would be a specific time of year in a certain type of water condition that I would love to ride my jet ski in, (laughs) and it reminds me of the real estate market right now. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. You've probably heard uh, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson going back and forth, and I have to say, I really appreciate the way that Russell Wilson has, he's been okay with the criticism. He really has. And, and, and it seems like Pete Carroll kind of keeps, you know, picking away at him. And, and now we're hearing this, this crazy story that Geno Smith wears an armband. And on that armband, he has numbered plays. And if you don't know, in the NFL, the quarterback, he has speakers in his helmet, and so do the wide receivers. That's why wide receivers don't have to get in the huddle on the offensive side. They can hear the play. In fact, look for the – I don't know if it's a green dot anymore – uh, I haven't seen the green dot in a long time. It used to be whoever had the green dot on the back of their helmet, that meant that there was a speaker inside. And then also the coaches have access to them so they can speak the plays. And instead of going, hey, we're going to go wide right, pro formation, uh, two rando raffle on four, ready break. That's hard to hear in a real loud stadium. So instead what they do with Geno Smith is they say, play two. And so he's able to look at his armband in the huddle, look at play two, and then read the play so that everybody can hear it. Because those speakers also turn off, I think, 15 seconds before the play starts. So, so nonetheless, Pete Carroll had come out and said, hey, you know, uh, this just works better for us. This has not always been embraced in the past. <laughs> That's a shot at Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson took a lot of pride in not wearing that armband because some guys feel silly wearing it. You know who made it okay? Who made it okay was when Tom Brady started wearing that armband. That's what made it okay. And they gave the excuse that, hey, we're in really loud stadiums. Uh, So what's interesting now, Russell Wilson has come out and said, well, you know what? We seem to have won a few football games up in Seattle without the armband. What say you? I think uh, the pettiness is so enjoyable so in fun. this. <laughs> but would you, would you agree with me so that fun. we now know definitively the answer to the question that was bantered around for years in the Seattle? The question, was, was, the question was, the question was, who's right 
is Pete Carroll, this old curmudgeon, the game's passed him by. Uh, he doesn't understand the modern player, and he's just going to run the ball and and play good defense. And or boy, r- let Russ cook. Like if you let Russell free to do freestyle and to improvise and to be this dynamic player, like that's the real thing. That that Pete Carroll's holding him back. I think that that to me has been answered definitively. Pete Carroll was right. Pete Carroll knew what he had. Pete Carroll was not necessarily pulling the reins back arbitrarily. He's like, dude, I see your skill set. I'm letting you cook as much as possible because go to Denver and have free reign in the kitchen and see what happens Uh, to me. Cause we always, there was that always that pull that, Oh, Pete's an older, he's the oldest coach in the NFL. He's, you know, chewing his gum a lot. And he's not really like, there's all these new fancy offenses everywhere. that are a lot more fun to watch and you're throwing the ball over the yard and you're scoring 45 points a game. There was this thing and Pete Carroll never, I never heard him, you know, say this. He sort of just took it and was like, okay, we're just going to continue to do our thing. But the reality was he knew I can't let Russ cook. And I can't tell him that I can't let Russ cook because that would crush his ego. I just can't let him cook. Yeah, and I think what happened here is I think Pete Carroll ended up in the middle. Think about when the Legion of Boom left, right? And and Pete Carroll would say now, and I think a lot of people would say, hey, it wasn't just Russell Wilson. It was that defense. Look in Denver right now. Very similar defense. That defense back in 2013-14, you go to many games where they'd give up 9 points, 12 points. 14 points. If they gave gave up 16 points, you'd start to get worried. They'd never give up three touchdowns. They would always bend a little bit on the first series, and you'd see the other team go down, but not score a touchdown. You usually score a field goal. And, and they always kept Russell Wilson in the game so they could ground and pound. They give the ball to Marshawn or whoever's available, and then Russell could go out and do some of his cool stuff that we all got to watch, right? And, and that's what they're looking for in Denver. They're like, hey, we got a great defense here. We have two really good running backs. And Russell, maybe you could come in and all you got to do is just just score some points and we would have a dominant team. This is what I think happened. Think about Marshawn Lynch when he grabbed his crotch or he flipped off the sideline. He wasn't flipping off Russell Wilson. He was flipping off Pete Carroll. He was. Think about Earl. What did Earl do when he was leaving the field on a stretcher's leg got broke? Who'd he flip off? It was Pete Carroll, not Russell Wilson, right? When the Legion of Boom left, when Richard Sherman started uh, really talking about what life was like in Seattle, it, it, it was always aimed, Michael Bennett too, it was aimed toward Pete Carroll. And the reason why they aimed it toward Pete Carroll is because Pete Carroll treated Russell Wilson differently than he did any of the team members. And the guys on the defensive side of the ball, Marshawn Lynch, who really... <laughs> Was, was best friends with all the guys on the defensive side of the ball. R- R- Russell Wilson was allowed to be Russell Wilson because Pete Carroll created that space. And then when it was time for Russell Wilson to leave, I think Pete Carroll was shocked by it. He did everything he could do in the world to hang on to Russell Wilson, and nothing was going to be good enough. It just wasn't going to be good enough. The stage wasn't going to be good enough. He wanted a new place and a new stage, and he wanted to live right next to Los Angeles so he could jump back and forth. And, and, and now... He is living, I guess, in one of the most expensive pieces of real estate in Denver, Colorado, freezing his hair off because I hear it snows there a little bit. And and when you look at this, I think what Pete Carroll is doing, he's invited all these 
players to come back. He is having conversations with Richard Sherman about, hey, what do you think of our secondary? He's having conversations with Michael. He's having conversations with a lot of the old players. You see a lot of the old players when you look at a game, they're down on the sideline. And, and these were some of the players that helped win in 2013 and 14 that Pete Carroll is now embracing more. And I think the reason why he's kicking Russell Wilson in the balls a little bit is because those guys enjoy it. Well, they, <laughs> they look back and go, I played my best football here. I didn't realize it at the time, but I played my best football here yeah. under Pete Carroll. Yeah. And so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very interesting to watch. And again, I, I could not be happier to be absolutely 100% wrong about my diagnosis of this season when it started. It's, it's, it's fun for, for me to, to watch these games. And I love Geno Smith getting a second act because you and I have both known that itinerant backup quarterback and they just bounce around the league. Uh, they're always holding the clipboard Charlie to, Whitehurst. to see him yeah. emerge and uh, out of the shadows and to have such a great season. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. More on the other side of this, you guys. Hey, you guys, it's down here for Les Schwab. And guess what? You see the fall colors? Back down went through a walk through my neighborhood, kind of a walk run the other day, and I saw all the leaves are falling. And sometimes it it it's hard to figure this out because summer has stayed late here in Seattle. But yeah, Ron just bought his scheme pass, so you've probably done that too. And if you're heading off to the pass, you got to make sure you got the right tires on your rig. And at Les Schwab, they're having their fall tire sale right now, one of the biggest sales of the year. You can save up to $200 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. It's just in time for the winter driving season. Hey, if you want to schedule your appointment now, all you have to do is go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. Don't forget, fall and winter will be here before you know it. Les Schwab. They've been doing what? The right thing since 1952. When Seattle nonprofit Plymouth Healing Communities decided to sell one of their group homes for the mentally ill and homeless, board member Catherine Walker turned to Ron and Don. It was a complicated and delicate deal. They didn't want people traipsing in and out disturbing the residents. So instead of hanging a for sale sign, the guys turned to their deep network and found a buyer themselves. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. And then they followed through on everything to make this happen. And Catherine says she was even more blown away by what Ron and Don did next. They offered to donate their commission. It was incredible. Their generosity had a meaningful impact on the lives of 47 residents in our organization. Heart, soul, expertise, Catherine says all of that and more is what sets Ron and Don apart from other realtors. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. They seemed truly service-minded as opposed to kind of transaction-minded. So whether you're selling or buying, take Catherine Walker's word and schedule your Ron and Don sit-down today. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron, and, uh, the Ron and Don Show. As we shared in our last podcast, Dave Ramsey, who's pretty conservative when it comes to taking on debt, he is saying now is the time to take on debt. Don't wait for the market. Don't wait. Stop waiting. Buy. Buy now. 
Uh, and Ron, if people want to hear more about that conversation, you can go to episode 472, where you talked about why Dave Ramsey is saying buy now. You also found an article you sent to me that if you're going to go out and buy now, that maybe you should buy the ugliest house in the neighborhood now. What what, what was that? I, I didn't have a chance to read there's, You sent it to me this morning. There's a trend happening where they're saying curb appeal might be dead. Um, and the reason they're saying that is for the longest time, the way you thought about a house and you thought about a neighborhood was sort of driving by and you wanted the curb appeal. You wanted to be on the street and go, oh, look at the white picket fence and look at this feature and that feature. And it had to look good from the street. Now with the, the internet buyer, if you will, they care about the inside of the house. They want to flip through the pictures and see the wine cellar. They want to see the heated floors in the bathroom. They want to see uh, a freestanding bathtub. They want to see features like, you know, how speaker integration happens or open floor plan or a kitchen that goes out into a back deck. And so they're, they're saying that the curb appeal, and, and I don't know if I fully agree with this, but I thought as a, as a, a think piece that it's interesting for a lot of, of buyers on the rise, they are saving money by getting the quote unquote ugly house on the block and optimizing the interior going. Nobody, nobody cares what it looks like when we drive by. What does it feel like on the inside? What are the cool things I did on the inside of the house? I can get to the outside when I get to the outside, but I live on the inside of the house. So curb appeal is dead. Do you agree with that premise? Well, I tell you, I tell you what's interesting on Airbnb. I just, I just took on a new Airbnb, uh, and you can go through. And what's important in Airbnb, and if you guys do short-term rentals, you know this. This particular home that we built that is now an Airbnb has five bedrooms. Three of the bedrooms have their own in-suite bathroom. Uh, and what happens when people go to Airbnb is and we call it putting heads in beds or butts in beds. They they will go there and let's say there's there's ten people arriving at this Airbnb today. They already have figured out who's sleeping in primary bedroom one. They they know because they went online. They looked at the bedroom. They looked at the bathroom attached to it, and then they looked at the area where they can work because there's a deck and an office and a beautiful view and all. That's already been settled before they before they arrive. Same with bedroom number two or bedroom number three or where the kids are going to sleep. Uh, a lot of people decide these things ahead of time. If, if you don't have your pictures on Airbnb in that order, you will get a lot of questions for people saying, hey, bedroom number three, can I put those two beds together and make a full or a queen or a, what, what can I? So, so people will specifically ask about those bedrooms. And, and what I did is I took all the exterior shots of this Airbnb because I think they're pretty amazing. And, and that was the first picture that I put up on Airbnb. Then what you can do is Airbnb has an algorithm. You can hit a button and they will show you the way that they think the pictures should be shared in order to create more revenue for yourself. And you know what they always pick now? And it used to be, they used to always pick the exterior of the house or this particular house is right over on the water and there's a really cool shot from a drone. To your point, Ron, now every time you hit that button, they immediately try to show the coolest interior shot that you have taken 
that's what their algorithm is trying to pick up on. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I've gone and I've changed some of my ads. And I've, so, so the, the first shot and you learn in, in real estate, the first shot on the MLS has to be an exterior. And so that's why I think I was thinking this way. I've taken the exterior down. It's still there. It will still show up in the first three, four, five pictures. And then at the end of it, I show lots of exteriors. But the buy-in is boom when they see that living room and that fireplace and that deck and they see themselves sitting there with a partner or family members or a business meeting or whatever it is. It 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 really has become about the inside of the home when you're when you're when you're playing the short-term rental game. Yeah, so something to think about, and I'm gonna put that in my bag of tricks as we move forward. You have, you have a bag of tricks. I do have a bag of tricks. That's weird because when you came in today, I saw something that just it was a bag and it just said tricks on the side of it. Yeah, you thought it was trick or treat. It's not. It's a bag of tricks. <laughs> All right, more from Ron's bag of tricks on the other side of it. Hey, it's Ron here. I'm with Mitch Weeks. Uh, you hear him on the podcast, Mitch.loans. Mitch, interest rates seem high right now. Is the housing market imploding? No, it isn't, especially in big markets like King County, Seattle, where we live. There's still a lot of people making a lot of money who want to buy. There are some buyers who are a little skittish, who are waiting for things to drop, but as soon as they see a little drop, they're going to pounce. So the most I can see in the short term is a tiny little drop. It's still a great time to buy. And with rates expected to drop in the next two years, then you can refi out and just be in the house that you purchased for a bit of a steal right now without the competition. Is there a way for me to get a a better interest rate than what I see when I look it up online. There are. There are a lot of solutions. We're talking about adjustable rate mortgages. We're talking about interest rate buy-downs and a lot of really creative things that uh, we lenders like to do in markets like this to so save money. It sounds like if I'm a buyer, I should not be in freakout mode. You should not. No, you should keep looking and you should be grateful that you have an opportunity finally in this market to be a little patient and have a little power. All right. Reach out to Mitch, Mitch.loans. Set up a meeting, Mitch.loans. Let's get you in the buying pool right now. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and John show. Before we get out of here, a lot of people ask us about the real estate market. When is a good time to buy? When is a good time to sell? If you're thinking about selling, I would not sell during this holiday season. Don't do that. If, if you have the ability to buy and hold a piece of property and you can hang on to it, you need to wait until the spring. Because in the spring, we're going to see interest rates calm down. We'll see more homes come on the market. But also, people are just going to be in a spring mood. They are. Especially as we saw some numbers today, it seems like inflation is, is slowing down. And if not next spring, next fall for sure. Now, some people can't do that and they have to sell now because life happens, right? Maybe someone passed away. Maybe you're upsizing and you have to upsize now. Maybe you got a job somewhere and you need the money out of this home. Uh, what would you tell people that 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 have to have to sell now? What, what would you what would you say to them? And then I, I, I want to give just kind of an analogy uh, for some of the buyers out there. I think it, 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 it part of it depends if you're doing it because you have to move you reset your expectations to go i'm going to get less on my, we just did this for our, our client tony he wanted to move closer to family so he got a better deal than he would have gotten on the east side on the house that he bought and he's also getting less money for yeah. the house he's selling in seattle than he would have got at the peak but it evens out yeah. so had we done both transactions during the frenzy 
he would have had to escalate on the house that he purchased. And you went to that house. I would say six figures. He would have had to escalate at least a hundred thousand dollars, if not more, oh, more to, to get acquire that house. Yeah. And then the house over here would have probably escalated 75 to a hundred. Uh, it's, cause it's right by Swanson's nursery. It's a great neighborhood. So basically both of those ratcheted down. Um, so it's a wash. So if you, as long as you get that expectation, you are not going to get, if your neighbor or your friend uh, had something crazy, a unicorn event happen 18 months ago, that's not happening for you. Uniform, so yeah, but, but, but housing and the numbers aren't crashing either. We just, we see a correction. And Ron and I are selling stuff like this. We're just bringing things on and, and we're selling them. So if you need to sell, let's sell. Especially if you're in that price point where you're under $1.5 million, now it's still a very good time to sell. But you have to make sure that you do your work, that you bring the house to market, that it's turnkey, that you present it very well. This is when realtors really uh, need to do their work, right? This is where they really need to do the work and bringing that home to market and coming up with a plan. And we're great at that. But the, the end of my answer was going to be, if you're in a situation where it's like, Hey, I'm selling this house I've had for 30 years. This is my piggy bank. And then I'm not going to buy something like I don't need to buy something immediately after that. Then I would wait until spring, yeah. try to maximize that. If it's like, this is my, uh, I'm setting sail into my retirement. Let's, let's strategize, but we should start now. Let's strategize now, now. now, have the meeting now, get our game plan now. And then that gives yeah. us five months four months to plan this thing and execute our plan. And then I think we can get you a few more dollars then. But like you said, if the life pressures are, are forcing your hand a little bit, yeah. uh, let's, let's, let's get on the horn and, and get, see what our expectations yeah, are. Yeah. We're talking to clients right now on the East side here in Seattle and North Seattle, even out toward Woodby Island. And it's like, Hey, sometimes it takes four or five months to get a house ready. So let's get this house ready and, and, and be ready for 2023 because I think it's going to be a great year. And it's been hilarious too because some people still hold on to that memory. We were trying in, in talks to possibly buy something on the east side and the other agents like, hey, I, um, would your buyer want to escalate? It's like, no. <laughs> well, you know, I got, I'm getting a lot of interest. It's like, okay, show me the other deal. Well, you know, what we're um. Hey, are they still interested? It's like, dude, quit shining me. Like, well, yeah, well, because people are coming on with very inflated numbers, and and sometimes you have to let the market beat you up and beat it down to the right price instead of escalating up. Sometimes you have to walk it down, and and that's what we're seeing happen in the market right now. But if you're out there, let me talk to buyers, and and you think you're going to get these screaming deals? I I would say the screaming deals are now. I if you're going to buy, you buy during the holidays. Someone's selling during the holidays; they have to sell because life happens, as I just said. And this is how I see the market right now. Uh, every once in a while, when I was in my 20s, I would call Ron or my friend Daryl, and I'd say, hey, man, we're going to go get our jet skis, and we're going to drop him in the water. And I remember early on, Ron saying, why are we going to go drop jet skis in the water in February? And then just as an inside joke, Daryl would say, okay, I'm going to take 167. I'm going to get off on 145th. But in, unless there's construction there, yeah. then, then I'm going to get off on 165th. And then I'm going to cut through that neighborhood, back around that gate. You back know, my car the, in, yeah. Back my car in. And then there's that Circle K. I'm going to go behind the Circle K. Yeah. It's like, Daryl, I don't need to know how you're going to get there. Just show up at the jet ski. Yeah, this is this is before we had mapping systems on our phones. And anyway, whenever there was a small craft advisory, whenever it started to rain, whenever the water became very choppy, that's when it's fun to ride a stand-up jet ski. It's not real fun to ride a, a stand-up jet ski when the water's real smooth. 
Uh, if you want to spin out on it and stuff, you can. But what's really fun is when you're tanking that thing up and down between the waves. It's quite a workout. It's quite a ride. And, and you become a much better stand-up jet skier when you ride in those conditions. I used to ride on the Columbia River a lot. And what I liked about Lake Washington is when a storm would come and a lot of those small crafts uh, would get off the lake, that's when I would be entering the lake because even though it was choppy, I loved it. I loved the chop. I love the fact that you're out there in a storm. Nobody else is around you or maybe you're one of your buddies and, and they're on a ski and you're just kind of going for it. And then guess what happens? The sun comes out, the small craft advisory goes away and all the boats come back out onto the lake or they come back out into the river. And now you can't have as much fun because there's honking boats everywhere. That's kind of the real estate market right now for buyers. This is a small craft advisory that's happening out in, in, in Seattle and the surrounding areas right now. This is something as a, as a, as a, as a buyer, you're on that jet ski, you're going enter, you're gonna, you're gonna to enter this market and there's a lot of chop and there's a lot of different things that are happening. But this is what I do know. This is what I do know. At, at the end of this, when all the boats come back out on the water, right? You are going to become a better investor as a result of going in when everybody else is going out, right? You think about, we say this all the time and, and we look at 9-11, we think about those firefighters, 343 firefighters, 92 police officers would lose their lives that day. Well, how? Thousands of firefighters were running toward a burning building when everybody else was running away, right? And so sometimes, sometimes in our own lives and sometimes in our own financial lives, we see these things happening when we should think about running to something or moving towards something or learning more and moving towards something rather than sitting around and going, you know what? Nobody else is out on the lake. I shouldn't be out there either. Oh, now everybody's going out on the lake. Uh, I'm going to go out on the lake. And now you're in line for three hours on a, on a boat ramp trying to, trying to enter, enter the lake. So think about Warren Buffett talks about this. Dave Ramsey talks about this. When you see a lot of people doing group think and they're doing one thing specifically. Now, on 9-11, you should be running away from that building, right? There are times to run away. There's no doubt about it. But, but this, this, is not, this is not 2008. This is not 2009. Remember when we saw the real estate market crash? We saw banks beginning to crash. We saw them propped up. They were given all that money. And then they wouldn't lend the money to us because they were making more money by sitting on the money. And then also you saw the stock market just crumble before our feet. And so not only were people losing their homes, but they were losing their futures. That's not happened as we look at the Dow, Dow this morning, and the Dow is rocking and rolling again. So, Boy, it jumped a lot. I, by the time this podcast airs, I don't know if it'll be, it might be choppy, but I agree with you on that. And let's game plan. Like, it does not cost you anything to do a Ronadon sit-down. Uh, we're not high-pressure guys. We're gonna. There, there are times we do a sit down where it's like, "Hey, your best strategy is to to, to wait a while." Uh, I remember a client we had a while back that just didn't have the down payment together. So it's like, okay, we now we have a game plan. When you get your down payment ready, let's jump back in. Uh, so like, just just call me or text me. And if you have problems with credit, there's 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 ways to deal with your credit, and and you should deal with it right now anyway. Should deal there right now, and we have people that can help with that. And sometimes it takes six months, maybe to a year, to get your credit straightened out. 
Uh, and we can share some tools uh, in a way that you can do that also. Hey, if you need us, just reach out. Ronadonsitdown.com. We can do a sit down today. We talk about buying. We can talk about investing. We can talk about running to something or running from something. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening. It means a lot to us. Uh, I think this uh, podcast has close to 1.6 million plays, which is unbelievable. Hey, if you'd like to stay in touch with us, we'd like to stay in touch with you. We have a newsletter. We don't send your uh, send out your information. You can go get signed up right now at ronadonsitdown.com. We also love hearing from you on social media if you need us. I'm Don O'Neill, 34 on Instagram, Don O'Neill on Facebook, and Ron is just Ron Upshaw. Why wouldn't he be? All right, till next time for episode 474. You keep your head up, you keep your shoulders back, and we'll see you right here. You'll listen to the Ron and Don Show all day on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.